Superkicks.com offers cool streetwear and apparel at great prices. Shipping worldwide, thanks to the guys at Superkicks, you can get 10% off your order by using the code SWN at the checkout. That's Superkicks.com, pro wrestling apparel. Welcome to the first edition of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast by SWN. Uh, why has it got the by SWN at the end? It's because someone in the interim between making this awesome logo has took up the name Untitled Wrestling Podcast, which is super annoying. So I'm still keeping it because I took that much time to make the logo. Anyway, I am your host, Billy, as always. Uh, I am the host of the SWN Podcast, the owner of SWN, uh, the guy who just likes Scottish wrestling constantly this podcast is different mainly because we can swear uh but i'm also speaking to uh fans uh content creators just everyone so i'm joined as you can see i'm not the only one in this video if you're watching the video feed i'm joined by daniel hello welcome um so tell us a little bit about yourself just a quick intro uh how have you been wrestling fan uh favorites whatever we'll, we'll get the rest into the rest of it i'm sure Right. I uh, can't remember how long I started watching exactly. It was in the early 90s because uh, uh, I remember we got Sky and we were just flicking through Sky just at random and we came across some wrestling on Sky 1. It was around 91, 92, you know, the end of the sort of Hogan Savage era and it just completely captivated me and uh, I just, you know, as soon as I saw it, I, I was hooked really. Was it the, the big colourful characters, or was it Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't really, unfortunately, get into WCW until much later, but yeah. And, you know, it was very, very sort of over-the-top and sort of cartoon-like back then, especially the characters, you know? But no, I remember really being taken in by that. So how, how old were you around about then? Around about 91, 92? About five or six. Oh yeah, so that, that's that's perfect. If, if you are looking for cartoon colorful stuff, that's that time is just yeah. But then I actually it. had a bit. I actually had a bit of a gap in watching because we moved and we didn't have Sky for a few years, and so I only really heard about it for a few years, like secondhand through friends. And then we moved again, and then I got it back, and then it was around '97, the Attitude Era, was when I got really back into it even bigger. As I was like going through high school, because as like I said, you know, we had it for a few years in the early nineties, and we moved, didn't have Sky, got it back, and then uh, the art and the attitude era. That's when I came back then, and I remember because uh, I used to get WCW as well because that was on. They used to call it TNT. It's now TCM, the channel that shows all the the classic films. Yeah, I think I think it used to be called TNT back then. Oh, my, my, my WCW experience was worldwide on Channel 5. Uh, All right. When when every time they hit someone... Well, you're up. from Murray, so you probably remember, but I remember uh, I remember when Channel 5 first came out, we couldn't get it for the first couple of years. I, I remember when it came out, it was a big thing, and uh, I lived in uh, Mastodlick at the time, and everybody was trying to tune their TVs to get it, and nobody could get it as far as I remember, because we certainly didn't have it in our house. No, I didn't have either. That's I, I, we got Channel Five when we got on digital, and then yeah, well, ITV the digital. Same, that's, that's how you got it. 
It was the, it was the same with us when we finally got Sky back. That was when I was able to start watching our Channel Five. But but when it first came out, you couldn't get it where we were. Uh, well, around about here, uh, everything's kind of lost <laughs> with everything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, I just remember I used to play football um, when I was younger, and I would run home because uh, Worldwide started it. I think it was eight, and my football finished at like half seven. So I had to right. run home, um, make sure, and because uh, also I wasn't watching, I was going to watch wrestling in the living room because you know I'm I'm supposed to be like grown up, I'm not supposed, I'm supposed to write wrestling. Um, I would well, have to turn it on on, yeah. on the living room telly and then go into my bedroom because my dad had hooked up a cable so I could watch the same telly, same channel in the living room in my room. So I was like, well, right, you, you guys. Yeah, do- I remember how. Yeah, I remember how that was. I mean, my parents don't really like wrestling either, but like you, I was lucky that well, we actually got a box put in my room for me and my brother. I think it was a spare one. And yeah, other than that, you know, my parents, you know, wouldn't let me watch yeah, wrestling on the main living room TV if they were in. Yeah, so. Yeah. Was... I only really got to watch it in my room or when it was on late at night. You know, they, they let me they let me tape it on the tapes, you know, but I, I couldn't watch it when they were home. They, they never understood it. They never liked it, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I think my mum didn't mind. She would watch SmackDown. If SmackDown, right. when SmackDown was on Sky, I think it was on Sky 1 for a bit, she would watch uh, SmackDown yeah. with me because um, she quite liked Triple H and for some reason Grandmaster Sexy for reasons <laughs> unbeknownst to me. Um, so she would watch that. But yeah, if I was actually watching uh, like the Channel 4 uh, recordings, I'd, I'd Raw Rumble 2000 taped. Uh, from from Channel Four and and all that good stuff. Uh, no, it, it never really got any further than my room. It was if it stopped from that point. It's like no, no, I'll watch, I'll watch Metal on Sunday. I'll watch SmackDown on Saturday. But the the rest, no, <laughs> the rest of it. I'll tell you what, I haven't had the network for a while, but I'm kind of surprised that they haven't bothered to add that or Sunday Night Heat. Maybe they will I think eventually. It is. I don't know. I, I'm seeing like there's places. Uh, like you're inside the ropes and that, and they're doing um, heat recaps and cultaholics. So I'm thinking that mm. they've added it, but um, it's probably awful, to be honest. It, it's probably just that nostalgia trip going. Uh, well, oh. I, mean, uh, I, I, I remember metal. It wasn't the matches weren't much more in house show quality. To be fair, it's very rare you got any of the big names on there. Oh, but you got Esserios, and that's all you needed. <laughs> oh yeah. So maybe D Malenko if you were if you were lucky, <laughs> but uh, it was mo- mostly S A Rios and uh, Tiger Ali Singh and all the other rubbish ones mm. uh, from back in the day. But no, I, I'd have that, and then uh, yeah, watch Channel Four ones, and then otherwise I'd have to rely on my my, my mate to to record them off Sky because uh, also their parents had disposable income and could afford Sky Box Office, so. Uh, they, he recorded them for me, and then I watched them the next day. So it was, it's a weird, it's a weird journey because we're now in an age where we are. We've got the WWE Network. We've got all these on-demand things, and you can watch wrestling anytime. But when we were younger, uh, it was a case of you had to either hope that your parents would get it and have to understand, or you had to knew a guy. <laughs> well, in, in one regard, actually, even though my parents hated wrestling, my dad was a sports reporter for the Press and Journal, and uh, he used to get tapes sent to him for review. And my dad never bothered with them, but he used to he used to he used to give them to me actually. But he used to get these these wrestling tapes for for review, so that wasn't bad. 
But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it was back in the day. Yeah, you either had to, you know, either know somebody who, you know, you could go to and watch it or try and catch it when it was on TV. Whereas now, yeah, it's, it's so easy. You know, you can pretty much look up any match you can think of and go find it pretty easily within about five minutes. Very much, yeah. I mean, well, I've even, I mean, it's even less effort now. You don't even have to pay for it because if you go in the Thunderdome, as long as you sign up in time, you don't even need to sign up to the network. Don't even need to be a network. Don't need to be on anything because, uh, well, I'll be, I'm hoping, as of recording, I'm hoping I'll be watching Raw tonight through the Thunderdome. Um, mm. but otherwise, I wouldn't bother because you'd have to wait 30 yeah. days for it to go to the network or you need Sky Sports or BT Sport or whatever it is on now. Um, but I don't watch enough sports to, to necessitate subscribing. Well, to that's the thing for me either because I don't do football or any of that. And, you know, I mean... If you get Sky plus Sky Sports or even BT now, you're talking 50, 60 quid, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, per month. It's madness. I mean, uh, most of my, my my stuff now is we've got the, the basic of basic Sky packages, as long as it records. Mm-hmm. That's all we need it for, uh, just for, like, Christmas stuff and all film, occasional films or documentaries. But, no, the rest of it's now TV. It came free with a, a phone contract. I got Prime because I was a student for a brief period, so it's half price. And you just find ways to get all these uh, streaming things now uh, cut price, and it still works out cheaper than Sky. Uh, overall, oh, yeah, there's, there's, there's no shortage of options now. This is quite scary. So um, for those that are watching and listening, this isn't the first time that myself and Daniel have interacted. Uh, we have went to, to, to Scottish wrestling shows separately, but I've met each other in the queue. Um, yeah, I've seen you quite a few times at WrestleZone and United Pro when it was still going. Yeah, United Pro. I, I actually really enjoyed the shows at United Pro. They were a bit different. It was it was a lot of guys you would see down in uh, Dundee in that place. But at least it was a different a different venue. It was a different company um, mm. as well. So it was... it was There were good shows. They, they really... I think they were coming into their own towards the end because I was seeing guys like first time I saw guys like Riley Adams and Chris Lamb they're all like hunched and timid and scared trying to do a, a character but they're all like floppy arms and uh, just, well, just yeah, it, a lot a lot of them hadn't been wrestling particularly long is my understanding I think they'd actually been trained by the company as they were going yeah and then we, we saw them well the last show I saw we'd be the last bucky one and they were just like they looked ready so maybe mm. you didn't, but like they, they looked ready to go, and then next month they cancelled the show, and then the company was dead. Uh, <laughs> that was it. So what was that? Maybe two, three years? Not even three years. Two years of a, a company. No, I, th- I think it was. It was last year they went under actually, because I remember because uh, they had a show just before WrestleMania weekend scheduled for Banff, and that was when the plug got pulled. Yeah, so I was, just, I was just, half planning to go to it, and then yeah, it, it went before. Get a chance. Must admit, I did enjoy United Pro. One of the people I always enjoyed seeing, mainly because he's an amazing promo, was uh, UNG Mackey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I well, I've, I'd had a very extended chat with Mackey, um, of course, on, on the main feed. Um, yeah, I, I, I adore Mackey. Um, I think, unfortunately, it's like due to all the stuff that's come out in June, he's 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 taking a lot, he's taking some flack. I, I don't, we don't, I don't know oh, the stories. He? Yeah, I don't, I don't know the story. I think it's more uh, guilty by association, but like I say, I, I don't know the whole details, so I'm not going to be uh, prelude into that or, or, or 
defending or any of that kind of kind of. Uh, to be honest, it's quite hard to keep up with the amount of people that are involved now. It's just it's in, it's incredible, really. It's scary. It's it's scary. Oh, it to it think really that is. Go, if you go to a show, there's a good chance at least one person on that show uh, now has been accused of something. Or uh, pretty much, yes. Yeah, it's it's just madness. I mean that. All happened when that was June. So I locked all lockdown stuff started in March, and this happened in June. And then it was the time. I mean, if, if there was ever a time for it to happen and not be scared of losing bookings, it was during a national lockdown. <laughs> That's really you know, yeah. Don't get worried to be pulled from shows anytime soon, um, unless for whatever reason you're mad enough to do the Rev Pro tra- tapings, because um, that was. I don't know why anyone's, especially in the UK, I mean, America is a whole bag of, of crazy elsewhere, but um, I just don't know why why anyone's thinking, oh, I know what we should do when while we're in lockdown. Oh, we'll, we'll just do some sweaty contact sport and, uh, and totally safe. Just, oh, stupid. But um, yeah, some, some of the names, really disappointing. Some of the names, not total surprise, but it's more of a case of how bad the accusations were. It's like we, yeah, well, well, oh, I thought he was a bit of a arsehole, but I didn't think he was that way. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, a lot of them I'd heard stuff talked about before, and a lot of it was just confirmation. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it was like it was like hush tones. If you're in a, in a in the queue somewhere and they're like, "Oh, I heard so and so did this and that," and then you just like. Oh no! Mm. More, more than one person's now saying that it's it's uh, awful. Um, so yeah, United Pro Wrestling is, is probably where we, we first bumped into each other uh, at a show. Uh, but like say, unless it was yeah, or either that, or I think it might have been maybe W three L in Elgin. I was about that. to say W three L might have been the other one because uh, well, for those that are unaware, we're both in the Murray area, um, so our wrestling pretty much nowadays when the shows are running is. W3L once a year. Now. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> other than that, the closest you get is WrestleZone come to Huntley, basically, since UPW went under. That's, that's about the closest you'll get aside from W3L now. Yeah, and then, uh, other way, well, of course, yeah, Aberdeen WrestleZone, and then you've got Rock and Wrestle, well, SWA Rock and Wrestle um, once a year, and then Verness as well, which um, they're pretty good shows. It's weird. They're now in the Mercure Hotel, and uh, their previous shows, when it was run by... Uh, Steve, Steve Robertson, it was in the Ironworks, and they just, you got a right good, like, kind of grungy underground feel of the Ironworks, and now it's like, it's in a banquet room at a hotel, and it just feels yeah, a I went to Yeah, I went to one show they did at the Ironworks before they switched over, and it was pretty different. Yeah, the first one I went to, I don't think they planned to have much of a crowd, because there was tables. There was like little round tables and uh, you'd, you'd all sit with your family and watch the show and there was like a front row because that would have been your, you pay extra for a fiver to, to meet the stars. I think it was Davy Richards that was on the show. Um, he was against BT Gunn and I want to say Liam Thompson as well because he would have been PBW champion at the time. Um, a company that again, we're no problem, I'm going to mention that much <laughs> going forward, but uh, that was... That was uh, yeah, David Richards in the Ironworks. Just that, that's the thing when when special wrestling up here, you get the special guests in, but it's just a bit surreal at the same time. Um, I don't know if there's anyone up here that you, you particularly saw, like uh, when Jay Lethal came up or like Sanjay Dutt or that. You just go, 
I'm 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 in the Northern Hotel in Aberdeen and I'm seeing Jay Lethal. That's yeah, just... well, um, to be fair, I think the try. I think I haven't seen that many big names up here. I, I was meant to go to Aberdeen Anarchy last year, but I was brutally sick because of the jet lag from coming back from New York, and I I had to miss it. But maybe Bull James, the former NXT star at uh, the Mercure in SWA a couple of years ago. That might have been maybe one of the biggest names I've seen come up here. That's, yeah, that's... Um, was it, was it that Mercure? Was two years ago, I think, or three? I, I, I think, think it was, was two. I think it was Ironworks, wasn't it? Because I, I made the poster for that one. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was <laughs> that was SWA, the Ironworks. Was like uh, the Great, ago, the three, great Highland Bash, it was called, because it was supposed to have Christopher Daniels. And Yeah, like, I remember, because he got cancelled like right at the, at the last minute. Yeah, like the day before the show, I got a message going, uh, oh, see that post you've made? You need to take out Christopher Daniels and put in Bill James. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm not going to do this now. Um, but yeah, that was, that was uh, weird. That was, uh, yeah, that was, that was a mad show. I actually took, I, I had to drag a WWE, like, just, he's a fan of WWE, and that is it. WWE only. And I was just like, look, it's Bill Dempsey that's going. You should totally come. That's, he, he, they bull fit and all that stuff and mm. eventually dragged him along and he loved the whole show and he, was, he liked a couple of them I was like great that's fine you want to go to the next one nah I'm alright actually that's fine ah like, oh, <laughs> come on I need pals <laughs> to go to these shows there's always so many times I could drag my wife to them <laughs> that's, that's the thing she loves, she loves a rumble only everything else she's like oh that's funny that's, that's a good show that's fine she's only there for the pizza hut really when we go to Aberdeen that's, that's, the, that's the pain point she's like Fine, yeah, we'll go to the wrestling. We're going to Pizza Hut as well, though, aren't we? Yes, we are. We're going to Pizza Hut as well. It's Fair amazing. enough. I prefer Cosmo myself, but yeah, but Pizza Hut's not too bad. Cosmo is the devil when it comes to... Because if you go in there and you're too hungry, you'll just do your first plate and then you'll feel like death the rest of the day because <laughs> you'll just go, right, all the food, all the food. But if you don't go in hungry enough, you feel cheated. You leave going, ah, I could have had more. So it's mm. just... It's one of those places where you can't. I like chopsticks in Aberdeen, particularly. That's my, that's my jam. Uh, I like chopsticks. It's just. Oh straight. yeah, yeah. The, the noodle place. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's that's my. The well, last time I went, it wasn't so great. I think again, it's one of those things where I kind of built up, going right. That's fine. I'm too. I'm really hungry now. I'm going to get some some noodles. Well, without then... drifting off topic too much, you should try the Doctor Noodles place. It's by the. It used to be on Union Street, but now it's by the end, by the, on the same street the Bonacard entrance is in. That's not too bad. All right, okay, that's fine. Yeah, I, I've, I've I've had some some food there the last couple of times, and yeah, it's pretty nice. It's fine. Well, there's there is no topics that you can go off of. This is this is this is why it's called the Entitled Wrestling Podcast because there's no, there's it's, there's nothing, literally nothing. It's just a case of I'm speaking to speaking to fans like myself. I'm not speaking to wrestlers where I can go. Uh, uh, what was your favourite wrist lock or anything like that? I just wanted to just 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 have fun and speaking wrestling. Um, I know you're a big gamer because you you talk about your your gaming prowess on on Twitter quite a lot, um, and you're also a big, a big charity shop hunter as well, which I um, oh well, it's for. it's the best place to find bargains. Really, I've found all sorts of stuff in there, like games, and I even found some some really good tagged classic. Uh, Royal Rumble DVDs and a couple of all the old ones, especially the uh, the original branded WWF DVDs. If you can find them, they're like yes. gold dust because they only made them for about a, a year and a bit before they changed names. 
Uh, because, I there was, had... because there was 2002, they changed names, and WWE, WWE was a bit late in getting on the DVD trend. Mm-hmm. And so you get the DVDs with the actual WWF branding. They're really rare. They got... didn't make that many of them. I've got WWF Judgment Day 2000 yeah. and WrestleMania 17. WrestleMania yeah, 18 well, I... as well. Well, I found uh, three tag classics. I think it's the, the Rumbles from 93 to 98. And then I got WrestleMania 18 on the last one. I've also got SummerSlam 2000. And uh, I've got another one, which is... Which one was that? Oh, SummerSlam 99 is the other one I've got. That's, that's something to remember. I've got 99, uh, SummerSlam 99 with Jesse Ventura on the cover. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean... I used to love going to the Saturday market in Elgin because I would come home with a bag full of VHSs because there was the guy in the corner that would just... Well, well, yeah, well one of the great tragedies, I think, is how uh, well lockdown probably killed it off for good is how uh, car boot sales are, are dying out. I used to love car boot sales. Oh, used to yeah. get, all, get yeah. all sorts of great stuff there. You'd find uh, it would be the Hasbros. Everyone would... There would be at least one. Any boot would still go to... Uh, there's at least one place that has a Hasbro, at least, or a Gloob. You mm. end up finding something. I mean, it's probably all the paints off it, and it just looks like a really naked Lex Luger. But <laughs> you would you would always find one <laughs> somewhere. Uh, but no, against yeah. our market was my jam for that. This woman had a box full of them, and I just went, "How much?" I just went, "Oh, how much each?" And I went, "No, how much for the box? Give me all of them." Mm. And she was just like, uh, "I don't know. I'll count them out." It's like, "No, no." How much for the box? Just tell me. Oh, 20. Thank you. That's fine. Took them home. They're all crap. Like, they're all really badly conditioned, but there was 50 of them in this box. And I was like, well, I think that's an investment. <laughs> so, and then I ended, mm. up, I ended up getting rid of them. I've got rid of them now, but it was just a, a case of, I want them. Give me them. <laughs> so, um, my, mm. my wrestling collection is quite small at the moment because I'm a grown up now and I live with uh, another person. So, um, most of it's in my parents' loft. I've got like five boxes of VHSs and DVDs, 300 DVDs of varying weirdness. Uh, I don't know if you listen to any of these podcasts. Uh, the one I did with Brent Carter, um, I blew his mind by telling him I've got a three-disc Curry Man in Japan set. Okay. Uh, I, I've, I've never watched it. I just saw mm. it on eBay and it was £3. And I thought, I need that in my life. That's, that's going on the shelf. <laughs> Same with uh, Super World of Sport. Got a, it's like a 10-disc set. Never watched it again, but it'll get in the back of it and it's just some mental matches on it. It's just like, I, I need, again, need that on my, I need that on my shelf. I'll just, eventually I'll get them down and watch them. Um, so yeah, char- charity shop hunting. So it's just uh, old school games, anything? No, anything really. I mean, uh, uh, old, old, old toys, you know. You know, rare and obscure video games, books, uh, anything and everything really I can get my hands on. Yeah, I always like to go in and see if I can find wrestling autobiographies because they're always 50 pence. Doesn't matter the age. <laughs> it's always, if you find wrestling autobiography, it's like that. Yeah, well, uh, not too long ago, uh, I scored a mint hardback copy of uh, Mick Foley's original book, Have a Nice Day. And yeah, I think I paid, I think I paid like 50p for it and I was... I was really happy because when I picked it up, it was it's completely in mint condition. Even the front cover is totally fine, no rips. See, the, these old people that work at the at the charity shops, they just look at it and go, "Oh, wrestling! I'll get rid of that as soon as possible." Fifty p. There you go. 
There was a well, place down in mm. York. I was so gutted I didn't I didn't go back. But I went in and I ended up picking up this uh, Jack Skellington cookie jar, which is like 30 quid anywhere. And it was five pounds right. a year. And I was like, oh, that's coming home. So uh, I got that. And then I looked over in the bookshelf and the whole bottom row was all wrestling autobiographies, a pound each. Roddy Piper, uh, Hogan, uh, just all these, all, a load of the, mind the scholastic uh, ones that were really thin and shit. <laughs> were just like mm. the man they call Sting. And then it would uh, look through yeah. and it's like got three pages and just pictures. <laughs> but no, I was, I was glad I didn't go back because I was just like, oh, what if? I would, I would never read them. I'd never have the time to. But I was just like, I want them on my shelf. Let's just put them behind me. Pretend I read books. Mm. <laughs> so any autobiographies, wrestling-wise, would you recommend? Um, Well, well, pretty much everything fully wrote naturally. Uh, Bret Hart's autobiography is very good if you can get a hold of it. And especially since it's not got anything to do with WWE, which means it doesn't have their interference in it. Because I do think they like to stick their nose in the books and sort of tailor them a bit. And I think the rarest one I've got was, I got it last year, it was when I met Stan Hansen. And I, and I got his book. I, I, st- I need to finish it, actually. I read about half of it and then stopped. <laughs> So uh, meeting Stan Hansen then, that's a bit wild. Yeah, I must admit, I, I did not expect to see him actually because we went to uh, WrestleCon and he wasn't advertised there. And we went to this company by a uh, New York indie by the name of House of Glory. They had the great Muta there that day. And I remember going over to the merch stand and being surprised to see Stan Hansen there. <laughs> and then I went up and met him. And of course, I, I saw their book and I just had to buy it because I'd been looking for it everywhere because... Uh, Nowhere in this country sells it, and to import it can be quite expensive. So I bought it there and then, and got him to sign it. Awesome. So, what would be your what's been your biggest? I mean, again, we'll get onto um, your new Japan stuff in a minute because I know that you you went down um, down to England and and what have you to go see these big Japanese names. Um, when's the most? When's been the most starstruck you've been to meet a wrestler? Ooh. Um... Okay, trying to think of everybody I've met over the years. Um, most starstruck. Okay, I'm having to think now. Sorry, I'll tell you mine then as I'm doing that. Um, Lita, okay, oh yeah. Yeah, Lita is probably quite high on that list because I loved, and I still do love Lita. Uh, so no, that's fine. We are the Rocks Hotel. Um, and I just, I'll, I'll have the full story in the, in the second Scotty Swift chat, which is like three hours long, but I was just an absolute disgrace being her because I was just Well, like, I'll tell you what, I, di- I didn't really get to talk to him and it was a bit sad because of how old he was at the time, but I got to meet Vader uh, uh, in RevPro a few years ago. That was when he had that famous feud with uh, Will Ospreay that kicked off over Twitter after... Uh, Vader slagged off the famous uh, Will Ospreay versus Ricochet match. You know the one which was it had a lot. It had a lot of people really worked up at the time. Oh, the fl- flippy doos and dives. Yeah, it was it was a match from the best of the Super Juniors, and of course, being uh, Osprey and Ricochet, they did just about every flip you can imagine, and some people really loved it. I thought it was a good match, but a lot of people, you know, just really hated it. 
I only know the gifts. That's <laughs> pretty much. Like, well, that's yeah, that's to, to, that's fair enough. To a lot of people, it is a meme. Yeah. So Japan, what got you peaked? What piqued your interest in Japanese wrestling? Uh well, I'd always heard about it when I was younger, but a lot of it started. Do you remember when we had the the wrestling channel around 2004, yes. 2005? Yeah, oh, I love that channel. And I remember I started watching then because they used to have a Zero One and Noah, and was it yeah Zero One and Noah? They might have had one other, but that was what really got me into it big time. Because uh, Noah was formed from the mass exodus of all Japan, and for a while they were one of the hottest things going, especially when uh, Kabashi was their their top guy. He had this incredible two year long title run which really raised their profile quite significantly, especially since, unlike a lot of Japanese guys at the time, he travelled quite a lot because he, he did shows in Ring of Honor, which was quite rare back then. So was it this, the style that, that got, grabbed you, or was it just intensity? I think it was about both, you know, the style, the intensity, and also the, I think maybe just how different it was, because, you know, you don't have the sort of, weekly shows that we're used to you know from western promotions so the way they layer and build the feuds tends to play out a bit differently and it tends to play out on the shows which they have which build up the bigger events you don't have these you know weekly in and out shows because one of the things that kind of put me off was you know the burnout you get with wwe these days you get everything you get raw smartdown nxt 205 live it's just like yeah you know what it's really getting too much you know there's only so much I could take in. Yeah, I mean, for, for WWE especially, nowadays, just because I'm working from home anyway, I do pay-per-views. Um, I, I, I'm i doing Raw because my, my wife's away tonight because she works, sleeps one, like every couple of weeks, and I'm just like, I'm bouncing around the house myself. I'll just watch Raw. Um, but yeah, YouTube, 10 minutes, done. I've seen everything I need to see. That's I've, I've seen everything they want me to see to keep me up to date mm. so that's all i need to see for it um but no i tried i tried well wrestling channel yes i, I love watching tna i watched nwa tna on there uh, i taped victory road you know it was victory road turning point 2004 um with elix skipper doing the the cage walk uh it was one of the few times i actually sought out the actual official dvd and it was in two discs um, mm. All TNA's DVDs seem to be on two discs because, like, they were too cheap to pay for the longer, the extended play discs, so they did it over two, which seems so TNA that that must have been the reason because that it just seems right. Um, but yeah, I love the wrestling channel. I love the adverts uh, for like Jushin Thunder Liger and uh, Curry Man and mm. and like Team Shag. It's the first time I've seen Colt Cabana. <laughs> it was it was him and uh, Darren was Dan and Burridge doing doing Team Shag. Uh God, what a time. Mm. And then they and then they what did they they changed it to was it the fight channel or something like that? It was just became MMA and Bellator and all that real fighting stuff. Mm. And I just wanted I just wanted the I just wanted the panto stuff. I wanted a bunch of dudes fighting in their pants for a belt. That's all that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, I, um, WWE, uh, US wrestling. Uh, 
AEW, I've just I haven't gotten into. Is this something you've kind of dipped your toe into? Is it something you've been watching? Um, I've watched a couple of their pay per views, but I haven't been watching like their their weekly events regularly. I I tend to just sort of read the highlights and and then that's sort of it, really. Unless there's something which really grabs my attention. Hmm. The thing that I have been most interested in recently is them bringing in. Uh, uh, FTR, the revival, because I always thought they were one of the best teams WWE had, and they were really underused. Mm. Yeah, one once they left uh, the NXT umbrella. Absolutely, I don't know what it is. I've I've only ever watched two AW shows in full, and it was the buy-ins because this is supposed this is supposed to go right. This is our preview show. You're going to want to buy the pay-per-view, and I've watched the buy-ins. Mm. And I just went, that's a bit shit. <laughs> I just went. I've not enjoyed that. I'm not going to watch the rest of it. There's no point. I, I, I haven't enjoyed. This is supposed to be the the bit for you to go. Right, we're going to show you this. It's going to be amazing. Buy our pay per view, and I've watched it and just went. Nah, nah. I'm all right. Thanks. Uh, I think if they focused, if they stop focusing on trying to mock WWE, the the might I might enjoy it more. I just end up if I see clips and that, it's always like uh, Cody or or the Bucks. Doing a, a wee meta insider term for the for the internet crowd, and I'm just going, ah, oh, just. Uh, you've just reminded me of one of my pet peeves when they use insider terms to do things that kind of break kayfabe. I'm like, please don't. Exactly. If we're watching wrestling, we're watching wrestling for the story, for the panto, for the for the enjoyment. We don't want to be reminded that it's actually not real. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't want to sit. I don't well, want someone to sit there going. Oh, you've you've you know, you've have you seen the booking sheet tonight? Oh yeah, I did. I was like, shut up, just go wrestle. Yeah, well, one that really grated on me it was when the young bucks were feuding with a uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, which was a great feud in the end. But in one of the interviews, what the Bucks talk about how you know Adam Page was a jobber in Ring of Honor before they met up with him. I'm like, just like, could you please not be going and acknowledging things like that on air? You know. Yeah, you know, I want you guys, you know, fully in character. If you have to be dicks, be dicks, you know, but don't go there. It's like, like it's supposed to be a show. So would you would you go watch? Uh, I don't know, EastEnders. Um, can't throw it out there. I don't know any of the characters' name nowadays. But uh, the, the EastEnders and the Slaters appear, and they see, mm. I don't know, Danny Dyer. And uh, they see Danny Dyer and go, oh, hey, remember when when you went and met gangs and shot yourself? <laughs> oh, you're on the pub now. It's like, no, we don't need to know. <laughs> just like, oh, it's just, yeah. I, leave the wrestling to be a show and it doesn't need to be a commentary on the wrestling business. Just let it be wrestling. It's not that hard. Mm. That's one of the things I think which really drew me in New Japan, which we're going to get to, which uh, I've really enjoyed in the last three years. You know, it, it's very much like that. You know, they focus entirely on, you know, the in-ring action and the character itself. There is no, like, try to be bigger than the business or get over just individually. You know, it's like, all right, you've got your top guys, but it's like, there's not that sense that any one person is bigger than the company, which you get in some other places. I think that's what drew me to, like, the local scene more as well, because the Scottish shows... Mm. Um, I mean, WrestleZone is is stories. You get stories that run for months for 
or, or in some cases years if you if you think about it too much you can connect everything connect the dots um, but really they're just there provide a show entertain you hope you come back next time they're not going to be coming out and going um, oh this guy was a, a, a jobber in ICW mm. <laughs> No, no, that's just not how it works. It's just well, that's something I really enjoy about WrestleZone and New Japan because you mentioned that sort of long-term stories. I mean, one of my favorite feuds of the last sort of year and a half has been, you know, Connor Inglis, you know, making his debut, and then that feud with Crusher eventually culminating, you know, with you know Crusher and Connor teaming up. You know, I mean, that I thought that was a really great feud. You know, that made great use of a young talent, and the way they they structured it, I really loved that. You know, and I, th- I thought that was one of the better things I've actually seen in the last couple of years. They really they take advantage of knowing that they've got a core audience as well. They've got the oh yeah the regulars in the front row in that, that corner of the Northern Hotel, and they know that if they can get them to pop, the people that aren't coming regularly will go, oh, this is a big thing. This is a big moment. Because um, one of mine is uh, the, the destruction of sterling oil. Right yeah. from it, right from um, Crusher getting injured uh, at Aberdeen Anarchy when he uh, broke his hip uh, against Scotty Swift, and then I'm sure it's just all by luck. It's all kind of built up, but you go from that point. Sterling Oil apparently paying for his, his recovery and rehab, and he came back was it a year later maybe, and then he, he attacked Scotty Swift. So as that started, but he also attacked Damien because. Um, that was the, the ruse, but Damien didn't know that Sterling, he was joining Sterling Oil, and then that led to the downfall of Damien leaving. It's just, oh, there was once that, that was probably one of my favorite, most layered. Like, I, I think I was, I was speaking to Scott about it. I don't think he realized how layered it was or how apparently layered it was. But I was going to back through my head, going, this story started like four years ago, and now it's coming to a head. And it's just like, Oh, yeah, I suppose when you put it back, it really, really does. But yeah, so New Japan's kind of the same then. It's got like slow burns. Oh, yeah. I mean, one feud that just had its payoff at last year's Wrestle Kingdom was uh, Tetsuya Naito's sort of odyssey with the IWGP Intercontinental Belt. Because a few years ago, they had the main event of Wrestle Kingdom where uh, Naito was defending the heavyweight belt against Okada, but he actually got voted out of it in favor of. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Tanahashi for the IWGP Intercontinental title. And eventually that led to the point where, you know, a, a while down the line, you know, Naito, you know, won the IWGP Intercontinental belt and started to sort of systematically destroy it. It's sort of like his way of taking out his frustration of, you know, the fans rejecting him, which also led to him going from this very white meat baby face character called the Stardust Genius into what he is now, which is the leader of Los Ingobernables de Japón. And so it's just this incredible transformation. You can see how, and there's even like this sort of relationship with the belt, because at first you see him hating it, and he's, even though he's actively defending it, it's quite interesting. And then eventually it culminates with the match with Chris Jericho, where Jericho's about to, I think it's a chair or something he's about to hit him with, and in the end, Naito ends up using that belt to defend himself. And you can see where he turns the corner after like three years of like destroying this thing where he's 
he's starting to appreciate it, and then he starts to incorporate it into what he wants. You know, eventually becoming, you know, the first ever double champion, which happened at this year's Wrestle Kingdom. And I, I just thought it was really interesting that that developed, you know, because that sort of symbolized, you know, his rejection, and then the way he he dealt with that. And I thought it was a really well balanced and nuanced feud. Yeah, even if it involved, you know, an inanimate object, but the way it was just worked into his character and the way the whole thing was worked was just brilliant. Sometimes, you mean, well, inanimate objects can also, it's a weird thing. I don't know if it's just a Western thing or, or, or I mean, it must have, it must have worked in Japan with the, with the, uh, the title itself, but crowds seem to be able to, seems like inanimate objects can have better babyface reactions and actual babyface wrestlers sometimes. Um, oh, yeah, because... Yeah, uh, things like uh, Mitch the Potted Plant. I think that was <laughs> Dean Ambrose and Jericho, and the plant was broken at some point, and the crowd were just, like, beside themselves because plant got broken. And then there was things like Francesca uh, of the New Day, his trumpet, uh, hmm. Xavier Woods' his, his trumpet. Yeah, and, well, 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 speaking of that, and to tie it back into my New Japan point, I remember when... Uh, Naito finally lost the belt to Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tanahashi got a big reaction when he finally came back and showed that he'd had the belt repaired because by the time Naito finally lost it, it was just in bits, you know? And yeah. Was, it, was there a cat as well? Am I remembering a stuffed oh, cat? Oh, da- Daryl, Daryl. That's the, that's the stuffed cat of Hiromu Takahashi, who I think, ah. is, I, I think he might be genuinely insane. Because he wrestles like he wants to die, but he's one of my favourites. So, uh, rec- we, we, like I said, I'm very much a novice of this. The last time I spoke about New Japan really was with Ian Skinner, and he went right. off into a tangent uh, about New okay. Japan. Um, if you're looking for someone to speak to about New Japan, speak to Ian Skinner. I think he, he'll he'll talk your ear off about it. Um, so, what would be your uh, let's say? I don't know, top five current wrestlers to check out. Not, not necessarily favourites, but five that people should seek. Okay. Um, from New Japan, uh, well, well, Hiromu Takahashi, he's one to watch out. He's one of the top stars of the junior heavyweight division, and uh, he's, he's quite breathtaking to watch, really. I've never seen anybody commit more fully in the ring than him and it's actually quite scary sometimes when you see just how far he will go uh the other one would be tomohiro ishii uh he's a guy who's been wrestling for 25 years maybe a bit longer but the thing i love about him is you get some wrestlers will just take the night off but ishii is not that guy this is a guy who you know he's probably on the downside end of his career right now but he will give you everything he has every single time and i just love him for it uh the other big one would probably be Jay White, who's probably the best heel in the business right now. The amount of... He's somebody who, when he does a promo, and the amount of venom he injects into it, he makes me think it's like, you know, this guy doesn't just play this character. I genuinely believe on some level he actually believes what he's saying, and that's a rare thing. A lot of times when heels do their thing, I kind of just laugh and say, yeah, that was a nice touch, but with him, I genuinely buy into it, and that's... That's something I really, really get off on. Uh, right. I think that's three. I think was it three? Yeah, two more, two more. Uh, 
The other one would be probably quite well known already, but Kota Ibushi. The man is just ridiculously talented and seems to defy time. Every time I see him, I can hardly believe that he's he's 38. He looks 10 years younger, but he's just one of the most talented performers I've ever seen. He's also like a, a gift magnet. Because I think, again, he's, he's one of those wrestlers where I've only ever seen, really, in, in gifts with fireworks and... Uh, just yeah, and the famous anything. things like moonsaulting off that huge balcony in, uh, I believe it was, was it Budokan Hall? Because uh, he actually got banned from that venue for a long time because of this insane moonsault he did off of there, like 30 feet up onto Kenny Omega and things like that. But yeah, Ibushi, he's another one who uh, doesn't seem to care if he lives or dies, really. And, yeah, It's very captivating to watch, but it's also quite terrifying as well. <laughs> Right, so that's four. Right. So I've had Hiromu, Tomohiro Ishii, Jay White, and Ibushi. Who else would I really recommend? Aside from the names everybody knows about. So like uh, Okada and... Well, it's all no. It's pretty much... So Okada, uh, Minoru Suzuki, uh, yeah. Na Naito. They're the ones that you usually see. Yeah, I'm just trying to try to give my answer, which would be a good answer, but also something other than the obvious. Hmm. Ah, Shingo Takagi. Now, he's somebody who I'd heard a lot about from his time in Dragon Gate, but he has just blown me away. He, he might be the best addition they've made to their roster in the last two years. I only hope that he gets a main event run because he is getting up there a bit in age. He's nearly forty, so I really hope that they'll they'll give him something big before he starts to wind it down. But Shingo Takagi is one one hell of a talent. Yeah, incredible selling. Yeah, incredible just move set. Everything really great intensity. So, do you find with like um, New Japan because they're trying to appeal to both uh, both around the globe their, their own audience and the western one as well um, do they find that they they rely because there'll be a language barrier so they have to rely more on their facials and their selling uh, as opposed to well there, there is that as well but bear in mind uh, uh, on a lot of their live shows now when they have English broadcasts they'll quite often have Chris Charlton who's brilliant because he translates the Japanese promos in real time but yeah there is that as well because on shows when there is no English commentary, you really do have to be able to read, you know, the body language and the selling and things like that. But that's one of the things I really love about wrestling because I can quite often find, you know, if you show me a match of two wrestlers I've never seen before, you can usually tell automatically just by like their mannerisms, you know, you know the sort of the sort of role they have, you know, like heel and babyface, and it's very intuitive like that, you know. Absolutely. I mean, um, <clears throat> just to bring it back to to why. I watch, which is their Um I see that in Randy Orton. Randy Orton, he may not have the most exciting matches on the on the like the surface, uh, mm -hmm. but if you watch every movement he does, there's a reason for it. So, like, if he's trying to be, he'll like shift his eyes for a moment just to check something. And it's just uh, the last this year anyway, with no crowd, um, I've started to really appreciate how he works like I say it's not often not most exciting uh, but when you when you break it down and go bare bones with it everything he does there's nothing there's no way he doesn't 
I think he's one of those wrestlers where he goes, right, this is what I need to do. I'm not going to, like, fluff it up with with a, with a, a dive, or because he wouldn't do it anyway. But with a diver that is like, I need to tell these people I'm merciless, uh, merciless. So I'm going to take the screwdriver and shove it in J Jeff Hardy's earlobe. So it's like, mm. he does the bare minimum to get, make it the most effective at the same time. Um, so the one thing I know, well, you hear about Japan is the crowds. So it is that they're quite respectful and they're polite and they do the bit of the golf clapping and stuff like that. So does that, when, when something big happens, does that make it all the more impactful when they actually make uh, a noise? Well that's, uh, well, that's actually more of a stereotype I would find because uh, if you go back and watch older matches, it was more like that. But the Japanese fans now, yeah, they can get loud and raucous just as much as the, as the westernized fans. Yeah, but if you go back and watch them for, say, like, the 80s or the 90s, you would find more like that, you know, where the fans tend to be very quiet. But now, I don't think that I don't think that quite holds true now, I would say. Do you think that might be an influence because they've got the English language commentary and stuff like that? That might just be a little bit, um, like, Americanized to to fit the, the rest of the landscape nowadays. I think that might be... Possibly. ...a bit more active. And probably most of the... Not most of the time, but... Uh, not recently either, but uh, like yourself and and those in America, that they'll be coming from the Western sides to to come see New Japan because it's a big thing. There's a lot of a lot of fans on my Twitter feed anyway that that are going nuts for uh, New Japan wrestling. It's, like, it's just something I've never, never I just don't watch. But um, also there must be traveling fans and like we see at WrestleMania. Uh, which you, I'm sure you, you did say you have attended, so I'll speak about that in a sec. Um, that it's like a like a festival kind of thing where you go to like G1 and Wrestle Kingdom and all that kind of stuff. Is it like a like a festival atmosphere nowadays instead of like 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 you said stereotype plate clap and that? <laughs> hmm. Uh, I think you could compare it to that. Yeah. So uh, WrestleMania, how's that? Which one? Which year did you go? Last year, that was uh, one of the biggest wrestle trips I've ever did. I remember it because we went over and we did, uh, well, we did Impact, uh, WrestleCon, House of Glory. That's the show I mentioned earlier, which had uh, the great Mute on it. And then we did NXT, and then we did the G1 Supercard, which was an ROH uh, New Japan co-production in MSG, and then Mania itself, all in that four-day span. It was pretty crazy, really. Yeah, I mean, especially when you were saying that, that there's so much wrestling on during the week that you get burned out really quickly. It was just with the bit between the traveling and the excitement. Did you find that that four days was just like, just, I said, just madness? It was just wrestling, 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 but you enjoyed it at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it did. Although, holy shit. Okay. My iPad. Sorry, right, for those that are there watching, uh, the, yeah. listening, the, uh, Daniel's uh, iPad fell. We're back, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was good, but it was kind of crazy, and uh, it nearly killed me by the time I got back due to the jet lag, especially since uh, I remember it was quite bizarre, but New uh, Impact rather changed their their show to a different venue, and they held it. It started at 11 at night, and it was like 2 in the morning by the time we got out, and I was dead because me and my best friend Dave, who went with me, you know, none of us had slept, you know, well, I'd been awake for well over 24 hours by that point. But yeah, it was a pretty crazy 
stretch with all was that five six events see i think that's my, my biggest fear i would love to do wrestlemania but i'd want to get ever i'd want to do, I'd, I'd do what you did i, I want to do everything and i don't mm. think i'd survive it <laughs> i would just be like i would just uh by about show four uh, which is probably not even WrestleMania yet. I'll just be in a corner, just crying, just going, "No, I'm done. Mm. I'm done. I've seen Swoggle versus Tommy Dreamer. I think I'm finished. I'm just going to go home now." <laughs> so, <laughs> it'd be like one of those. But um, I think if I was ever going to go over, I'd probably like kind of tease, test the waters, and do like a Royal Rumble or something because I love the Rumble. The Rumble's the best. Mm. So like kind of test the waters, do the rumble, do raw the night after if, if it's nearby, or usually is it's usually in, in uh, arena nearby. But uh yeah, kind of test it from there. But um WrestleCons, that seems seems like a like a terrifying place, but you know wrestling fans. It just seems like a bit, a bit of a scary, wild barren uh, new barren land. Um was it what's the phrase in Star Wars? Wretched hive of scum and villainy. Um Mm. So what is it was is it as busy as that? Is it just like a, a big warehouse of beer, or <laughs> well, it, uh, organized? Well, well, we're not. Uh, they had it at the. Uh, I think I think it was the Manhattan Hilton, and it was a pretty big event. It was several like two or three floors. And um, one of the biggest things I had to do was, um, my mate Dave, when we were going, we made a list like of every wrestler was going to be there, and we had to sort of pick and choose very carefully which ones we were going to. See, mainly just so we didn't, you know, spend a fortune, you know, because mm -hmm. there were so many big names, you know, including some who I'd probably never get the chance to see again, you know. So, yeah, so you had, like, a, your route map and had to, to pick well, and choose. Well, well, we made a list of about five or six wrestlers each who we really wanted to see, you know, who we knew were there. And there, I think it was kind of tricky, was uh, it ran for two days and some of the wrestlers were only there one day or the other, so you had to be even more selective and choosing when you went to try and you know, be able to see everything you wanted to see because, uh, yeah, there was Friday and Saturday and not everybody was there on the fr the Friday. I think a few of them, the bigger names, only did the Saturday. So, yeah, so it's like if you want to meet uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, you've only got Friday in this this time slot. However, if you want to meet Well, well thankfully, I've, I've, I've met him already. I met him at a Ref Pro show a few years ago. <laughs> But yeah, if you want to meet Virgil, plenty of time. You can just do <laughs> take all the time you need to meet Virgil. The, well, one of the biggest names who was there, I didn't get to meet him, unfortunately, because the queue was about a mile long, which was one of my regrets, was uh, Bret Hart. Yeah, Bret came to Dundee a couple of years ago. 2014. A couple of years ago. 2014. Jesus. Uh, 2014. Um, I, I was meant to be going to that show. Um, but, like, when was that? It was October. So two months prior, I smashed my elbow into three pieces. Like, it was just mangled. So I, I could not afford to go because I would have to pay for a train. And uh, and accommodation, I was planning just to drive up and down because it's Dundee. It's not that far to drive uh, up and down in one day. But no, that's that's a bit of a regret because it was not going to come back to Dundee anytime soon when you hear the stories and, and stuff, uh, whether they're true or not is a different matter. But uh, it, it, I don't think it's come back anytime soon uh, over here. But um, yeah, I would have, I was never, if you, like, age-old question, Rock Austin, uh, HBK, Bret Hart, I was always a Shawn Michaels guy. But I started watching in the Attitude Era onwards. So I saw Shawn Michaels when he came back in 2002 so yeah, I've seen more Shawn Michaels than I have seen Bret Hart. Although 
watching the SW review, I've learned to appreciate Bret Hart more. It's like mm. he's that he's that kind of style where where everything means something if he does it. It's not the most flashiest of matches, but if he's if he spent the first five minutes working your knee, then it's usually going to play out in the, the final uh, final third of the match itself. Um, so he was very clever wrestler, but not the most flashiest, in my opinion, anyway. Um, for yourself, were, were you a Brett guy, Brett Overshawn, or? Uh, I appreciated them both, but I, I definitely appreciated Brett more than Sean. I think. I think the thing that always astounds me about Sean is the fact that he he might have been better when he came back after the injury. Because I remember when he came back and had that fever Triple H, everybody was thinking it was just going to be a one-off, and I was amazed that he kept on going here for eight more years. And he was arguably better than he was when he was young. I know. I'm, I'm so glad that... Not so, not so glad. But um, when the, I saw him wrestle once live, and that was uh, when WWE would come to the AECC. And it was, D, it was the first one I went to. It was DX versus Rated RKO. Um, and 16-year-old me was... My, it blew my mind that I was getting to see... Shawn Michaels wrestle in, in in Aberdeen the ECC. I saw Jeff Hardy near the start as well, and I think I may have uh, may have peed my pants because he's my favourite. He's my all time favourite. So I was just like, oh my god, I've seen Jeff Hardy. Um, but yeah, that's madness. Um, so yeah, you see Justin Lager. So um, we we talked about Starstruck. What is the most like random? Like you saw Vader as well. What's the most random? Uh, big name wrestler you've seen at show because Rev Pro bringing some out there. The most random might have been actually, and this is a weird one, but it was a show at Music Hall in Aberdeen. I believe it was 2000 or so, not long before he died. But I can't even remember what the company was called, but they had Yokozuna on the card. That's pretty random. <laughs> and I remember random. it because I remember it because they actually had knockoffs of other wrestlers. For instance, they had this guy calling him himself sex pack and they had another one dressed up as Kane because Kane and X-Pac were a team at the time and you had all these guys like imitating these other big names oh yeah well Greg Valentine was on that card but I didn't really appreciate him at the time because I was quite young and I didn't know much about him but I remember being pretty hyped up because Yokozuna was there because I remember him from when I first started watching wrestling when I was just a, a little kid I just I just can't I can't imagine what Yokozuna um, was thinking uh, he arrived at the arena. Obviously, he's a lot bigger, so he would have had a, a right, right tough going to get there. And he turns up, and there's a guy dressed as the Undertaker. They're just looking, going, "What the fuck am I doing here?" <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, they, they had a few guys doing knockoffs of other big name stars at the time. My my first show was one of those. It was 2001. Uh, this town hall, Elgin Town Hall. It was called uh, WWF GB. So clearly, okay. they, it, this is before NXT UK. They were they were ahead of the game, and it was right. a, a, a mankind. And I was, I want to say there was a cane, but I just remember. No, the more I'm talking about it, there was definitely a cane, and he was like yeah, well five foot six. <laughs> yeah, well, the show I went to there it was it was a cane and Undertaker X Pac rip, a cane and X Pac rip off that they had they had there they had then. But no, it's uh, the only other bit I remember from that show is uh, uh, there was a fan, a fan in the front row who kept interfering 
and eventually okay. uh, mankind punched him off the apron. <laughs> My dad took me to that show, and as soon as it ended, you went, well, we're not going back to one of them again. <laughs> it was just like... Okay. It took a long... I don't know what, it was 2001, so it took me 11 years to kind of see a poster and go, okay, Roddy Piper might be there. I'll take hmm. the risk. Let's go Let's go and see it. And it was Roddy Piper, Tatanka, Ted DiBiase. Uh, I said the first time I saw wrestling in person might have been a show at like a caravan park, which was uh, which was interesting. It was, it was good to watch. They had good solid workers. But I think that might have been the first time I actually saw it in person because obviously, you know, growing up, you know, around here, there, there wasn't exactly much live wrestling to go around, especially when I was young. I can I can never remember them coming around here. But I think the only ones around right here would have been like those tribute ones and uh, was it EPW? Which mm. I've never heard a good word about, so it's probably all oh, right. Okay, um, it's, it's I don't know what it. Is. Uh, I've, like I said I've never been to it myself, but I have heard some really not great things, and they usually run like a week before another show, and they try to get undercut it. Um, this is all stuff that I've heard. I don't know if it's true. So if anyone's from that company is watching this, don't come after me. Uh, so allegedly, that's the word. That's the special word that you use for things like that. Allegedly, not that great. Um, mm. So also, you do a bit of photography because that's also that's how we first interacted on Twitter. I think it was you were um, taking photos at UPW and you're asking me if I wanted to maybe use them or or, or a way of using them. Um, so what mm. what were your interest in photography specifically at wrestling shows? Is just add another feather in your your cap of things you can do at shows. Uh, it's just something that give me something to remember the shows by really as much as anything i think uh, I've, I've kind of taken inspiration from that like, i mean i've just got an iphone so they're not going to be particularly great photos but uh i've like seen you with the the massive the massive camera but your bigger camera taking photos um i have yeah. come to the stage where i'm going you know what i'm gonna take a couple photos while i'm here just to mm -hmm. get a picture, I usually take a picture of the ring, but when I get there, that's always, I've, I've, I've done that for years now. But I thought, no, I'll take some pictures of the show and I'll, so I can use them to maybe recap, maybe make a GIF if if I want. And then I can kind of not only plug the company, the promotion I'm going to see a show of, but I could get more content for myself for, for SWN or what have you. So um, I've mm -hmm. really taken that as, as a bit of inspiration. Um, and also you do a bit of commentary we were discussing just before we, we hit record. So how did that come about? What, what, what piqued, again, what piqued your interest in doing commentary and how, how have you gone about it? Well, I've always wanted to be involved in wrestling some way if I could as more than just a fan. I just want, I wanted to see if I could get involved in it somehow. And I did a one-off commentary with uh, UPW, their last ever show in Peterhead, actually. And then... From there, I kind of sort of forgot about it for a while, and I just threw out a, a brief thing on Twitter saying, you know, I did commentary once, and I'd really like to do it again. And then this guy who I know on Twitter, who's got his own YouTube channel, he also has a wrestling production company on the side. He sent me a Twitter message saying, you know, I've got some matches, you know, which are going to be put on a DVD that need commentary if you're interested. And so I said, yeah, I'm interested in that. And then it kind of went from there. He's been sending me... Uh, these matches and I record commentary on them and send it back. So have, have you found it? Have you, have you like taken inspiration from any particular commentators for, for your for your style, your cadence, or 
Um, we've just kind of uh, winged it. <laughs> try to sort of make it my own thing, really, as much as I can. Although I try to learn what I can from commentators that I do like and enjoy. I mean, uh, I don't know if I would fit really because most promoters I found tend to want a baby face slant but one of my favourites all time has to be Bobby Heenan Absolutely yeah he's got that kind of, I love Bobby Heenan and uh, Paul Heyman were, were guys that could get themselves over but get the mm. match over and everyone in the ring at the same time it was just yeah, well, incredible mm. I mean for me one of the all time great commentator performances has to be you know, Heenan at the 92 Rumble, the, the year Ric Flair won. Not fair to Flair. That, that, yeah. Yeah. That Absolutely. is probably one of my favourite performances ever by, by, a, by a commentator. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, on the flip side for, for me, Heyman, because when 2001, um, people, people absolutely shit on the invasion angle, and rightly so, most of the time. But for me, my only WCW experience was worldwide. So mm. I was seeing all these new faces. I didn't know about Scott Steiner. I didn't know about uh, Kevin Nash particularly because when I started watching, he wasn't there. So I'd see, seeing all these new faces, I loved it. And I go back and watch it now, it says the one uh, on the network. I still love it because I get a nostalgia trip. Um, and Heyman was very much a very important part of it because he, he not only... Again, like I say, like I say, uh, put them over, put himself over, but then subtly built in that uh, he was like part of the SW, the Alliance group before it was actually revealed. And um, man, that, I mean, that, for all Paul Heyman's faults, and there is many uh, for for his own gain, and and that the guy can. The guy could sell you something. He could be one of those guys that sell me this pen, and you would have walked out with a box full uh, and, uh, and a pen subscription for life. He's just that kind but, of guy. I think he was certainly influential in getting Lesnar over. I mean, I'm sure Lesnar would have been successful anyway just by his physical presence, but having Heyman with him definitely was a big deal. Have you watched? I mean, when I was kind of hyping this show, I was saying we might speak about Survivor Series, but uh, you kind of out of the loop. Um, are, are you still like keeping checking the results and keeping updated? Seeing any of the Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman interactions and stuff like that at the moment? Uh, to be honest, not really. I did read a brief summary of what happened, but I, I haven't followed WWE actively for a little while now. It was just that burnout thing, and then. You found more well, yeah, that and that, that and that, and some other you know unsavory decisions they've made, which I'm not going to go into. Yeah, it's yeah, I mean, I suppose it is, it is kind of hypocritical of me to go, Oh, we can't speak about this company or, or try to avoid speaking about that, and then go, Oh, WWE are doing this when their, their background stuff is just as shady, uh, if not worse, because they've got money to, to cover things up and to, to patch over. Um, I think it's one of those things where you have to enjoy the wrestling because if you start overthinking it, you're thinking, mm -hmm. oh, these guys are independent contractors. They've got no health care. They, they have to pay for their own travel. They have to pay for their own. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't like wrestling anymore. So it's kind of like trying to trying to find the positives, I suppose, for me anyway. I don't know. For you, it's fuck them. <laughs> I'll watch something else instead. So it's, it's just a... Uh, uh, Par for the course, it just depends on, on 
how you want to do it and how how you want to enjoy wrestling, I suppose, at the end of the day. Uh, the the uh, don't get me wrong, I still enjoy the wrestling for what it is, but I I don't know if I can in good conscience put money in uh, companies which have such harmful practices and things anymore. I I I just don't feel good knowing you know that my money is supporting that. To be fair, and I know I'm just one person, just a drop in the well, really. Well, if, it's, if it, if it eases your mind at all, I don't even pay for my network subscription. I borrowed it from a mate three years ago and he hasn't changed the password. So I'm not putting any money into the product. So that's, that's, uh, I'm just watching it for free. So it's, it's great for me anyway. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, it's like I say, if, once you start digging through it, it just, you, you'll eventually, if you do it long enough, you'll eventually just sit back and go, why am I watching any of this? It's just... Thankfully, mm. since June, hopefully, this is a big hope, but uh, when the shows start coming around again, which will probably be end of next year, the very earliest, I would think, in the UK, I would hope, for safety uh, things, um, it might be a little bit, we won't feel as guilty watching it here in the UK, mm. watching wrestling in general. Um, but no, there's been some... Like I don't, I think we may have said it on here or just off recording, but yeah, there's be some horrible stuff uh, coming out, um, and it's it's really going to take a little bit of thought now to to go to wrestling shows once they start back up again. When I mean, you have to think, you kind of have to think, right? Who's running it? Who's on it? Have anything come out about them? No, great. I'll go and enjoy the show. Yes. Ah. Am I going to support everyone else on the show? But have to see this guy. <laughs> it's ah, uh, it's just a. Uh, but then again, if the guy is on that show, then you can't really support the promoter because the promoter booked them. And I'm going, I'm going to go cross-eyed if I start overanalyzing and overthinking it. Um, wrestling used to be fun when we were younger, and we thought it was all really. Mm. <laughs> <coughs> That, that reminds me, speaking of that, that's one of the reasons I, I really love you know, the WrestleZone crowd. Not just the regulars, but all those fans are, you know, they're they're in the moment and they are fully invested. And I'm not just talking about the kids. I'm talking about the ones who are as old as we are and some of them older. When I watch them, part of me is like, you know, I'm jealous of them. I wish I could just stop thinking and just, you know, be 100% in the moment. Yeah, I tried to do that with WrestleZone, specifically WrestleZone, because that's that's it. Everyone else is doing it. So it's not like one of those things where you're trying to be the cool kid at the show and go, well, I'm not going to join in. No, no. Everyone else is doing it. You're mm. going you're gonna, you're gonna to clap. You're going to clap, and you're going to shout, and you're going to fucking like it. So that's pretty much the, the thing when going to WrestleZone shows. But no, I've sat next to people that are way older than I am, and they've got a wee, a wee notepad out, and when the results happen... They're just going, right, uh, Damien defeated Sean Johnson, and they put it in their wee, wee notebook. And I'm looking at them going, oh, that's great. And I pick up my phone, and then I go onto my site and go, Damien defeated Sean Johnson. I'm doing the exact same thing, but I'm thinking that he's, like, super fan. And I'm sitting there going, I'm doing the exact same thing here, but mm. I'm doing it on technology. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I love the mm. rest of them crowd. It's it's. Uh, I, I wish I could get to more shows, but it's like a bit of an investment go through to Aberdeen or, or that bit. I'll get to the big ones to try to get to the Rumble, Love Rumble again. Well, I've said that many times during this. Regal Rumble, Aberdeen Anarchy, Battle of Nations. That's my 
my three go to. To come to Keith, I'll go to Keith as well because uh, it's ten minutes up the road, so definitely going to that. And Huntley as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've missed all the Huntley ones. So I need to get to Huntley one because they're usually they're usually quite random. I've seen like the folks that they get on them. They get like if a looking sharp and Krieger come all the way up to Huntley for a show. I was like, that's a, that's a bit out of the way. You would think you'd think they would just come to the bigger ones, but. Um, yeah, I'd love to get to Huntley again when the show's restart. So, usually when we do these chats, um, I ask, well, not usually, this is the first untitled one, but usually when I, when I speak to people, um, I do a little bit like dream stuff. Uh, who would be, which wrestler have you not seen live yet that you want to see live? Uh, well, uh, without the aid of a time machine, it's pretty much impossible. Probably uh, The Rock, because uh, he was the one I was most into when I was when I was young. I, I was a big, huge fan of him back in the Attitude Era, and I, and I was gutted. I mean, I, I mean, credit to him for quitting while he was still relatively young, you know, because an awful lot of wrestlers, you know, keep going, you know, you know, and just end up being wrecks. But yeah, for me, if I, if I was anybody I could see live who I never got the chance to, and probably never will now, it'd have to be The Rock. Yeah, that's that's pretty much. Uh, I would I would probably say Austin. So yeah, we're kind of in the same same era in boats and that kind of thing. I'd want to see um, the Rock would just be one of those guys. I don't think I'd be that fussed to see him wrestle, but I'd love to meet him because it just seems right. like one of those guys that would. That it doesn't matter if he's if he's met you for the first time or the millionth, he would still chat to you and would still like mm. treat you like a friend, kind of thing. Um, yeah, the, the Rock just seems it just seems like a cool dude. As, as corny mm. as that sounds, he just seems like he got out, like I say, he got out injury-free, he's made loads of money, and he doesn't seem like a dick about it, so it would be good to to just, just chat to him. Do your whole, like, dream dinner, have the rock, he, he, he can get a seat, maybe. Uh, him and Hugh Jackman, maybe, because he's Wolverine, you know, so that's and, uh, Ryan Reynolds, because Deadpool, and uh, I would just sit and probably cry. Uh, so yeah, so that would be your, your dream person, dream match. Again, let's let's go with ones you could possibly see live. Uh, okay, not um, I mean, Rock and Austin, maybe, but uh, you never know. But yeah, what, what could you see? <laughs> Try to think if I should do this with just for people who are still going now or ones who are retired. I don't know, Undertaker will come back. <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll have to see about that. He might, he might not. Um, but dream matches. Well, actually, coming back to, to Rock, it always amazed me that uh, he and Brett never interacted, even though they were in WWE together for a good few years. Well, well kind of like a year, a year and a half or so. But yeah, well, it was well, interesting that those two never really crossed paths, you know, while they were both still in the WWF, and I think it would have made this interesting feud with, you know, Rock's personality, you know, clashing, you know, with, you know, Brett and, you know, you know, just how straightforward he was, you know. It would have been an instant clash of ring styles and personalities. It's the same with, like, Shawn Michaels. The Rock and Shawn Michaels never had an interaction. They were. They did mm, have they a, have... Good, a good crossover period, and it just, well, apparently... They didn't like each other or what have you but it's just weird to think when you think of what 96, 97 Rock he was so far down the totem pole 
he was he, he he wasn't the rock that he he was. He was like just a guy in the nation, and then he became the leader of the nation, and then broke away from the nation, and then but he was he wasn't the what was it ninety eight before he became a top. No, guy? well, car- corporate rock was his real sort of big breakout moment. So yeah, yeah. De- deadly games. So ninety eight. Hey, hey, the Survivor Series yesterday. We're we're we've come to Survivor Series. So yeah, so de- deadly game. Uh, ninety eight rock. Uh, when he, when he won the title and became corporate rock. So yeah, that's. Well, no, that was when he really started to get big. Yeah, in terms of you know, in terms of his star power, and I think they realized you know just what what they had on their hands really. But no, it's just it's just hard to think, like you're saying, that there would have been a. A crossover period between uh, Bretton Rock and, and Sean and Rock, and just never happened. Not even as a, as like a, uh, just a random match on a show. Like you, you would get. Well, yeah, well, I think the clo- the closest might have been when that t- that brief time period where uh, DX and the Nation were kind of feuding, because obviously you had that famous ladder match with a, with a Rock and. Rocking uh, Triple H, mm-hmm. and that was probably about the closest they ever they ever came, really. You know that time when you had the Nation and a DX feuding. Absolutely, um, right. Let's let's finish off again on New Japan because I don't think I've learned enough from you about. Yeah, New yeah, Japan. yeah. Kind of the I'll come back we were, to that. We're coming back to it. Um, so, for for those that are looking to get into it, you said we've already mentioned five guys that you think some. If you're watching it, these guys you should check out. Uh, for someone who total novice, never seen it before, uh, where do you think they should start? Like, as in uh, events wise, where, when's the kind of not a starting point of a of a good story, but like just a, a place to start, really? I would probably say maybe start with Wrestle Kingdom because one of the things with New Japan is they love long-running tournaments. Now, those are good ways to get to know guys because you see an awful lot of matches. But I would say, you know, start around Wrestle Kingdom time. That's how I got into it. I started watching it Wrestle Kingdom 11, which was three years ago, the, the one with uh, Okada and Omega as the main event. And I, I would say do that because then not long after that, you have what's called New Year's Dash. It's usually the, the very next event, and that's usually where they set up the feuds which will continue for most of the year so yeah i i would say start start with wrestle kingdom you know you know sign up to new japan world now yeah it's only seven seven pound and you know watch wrestle kingdom coming up next month and i would say that's probably the best jumping off point i could give anybody really so especially since then then you know it'll roll right through and then you'll You'll get them set up for the big feuds for the year and you'll really get a good sense of just, you know, whoever he is, you know, where they fit in the company and what's happening going forward. So uh, Wrestle Kingdom would be like like uh, your season finale and then New Year's Dash would be your episode one. So kind of, that's your... Yeah, yeah. Well, off. basically, okay. Wrestle Kingdom's their biggest event of the year. Kind of, they're, they're equivalent to WrestleMania. And then after that, you have New Year's Dash and that's where they'll, they'll set up the the feuds going forward from the year after the feuds at Wrestle Kingdom have, have been resolved. Okay, great. Um, okay, so we've recorded just over an hour, so I, um, we'll, we'll, I think we'll try, we might pick this up again once I do another round of untitled uh, recordings, but uh, I've had a blast. I've just, I've just, this is what I wanted it to be. I just wanted it to be 
an hour or so just speaking wrestling, chat, just chatting shit about wrestling. And I think we've we've certainly ticked that that quota. Uh, even okay. when we were tangenting about about uh, chart shops and uh, and and uh, on digital. But uh, yeah, so I, I've had a, a fantastic time. So thank you for for taking part in this pilot. This no, is the first no, one. Uh... Thanks for having me, and I'll, I'll more than happily do another one in a few months' time or whenever. Excellent. Well, I think the plan is when I've well, right now. Well, this is going to go out when, well, hopefully Wednesday. And people that are listening are listening to it. Um, when I've got like a bit of a, a or I've got too many interviews ahead of me because at the moment, next one I do with Grant McIver, um, it will be going out in February. So I'm way, way far ahead. So once, once I've kind of when I'm at that stage again, I'm going to do another round of, of these and, um, like I say, just chat shit about wrestling and and not think about, um, like, the proper journalistic wrestling questions. So if people want to, to find out more about New Japan from you or just want to speak wrestling to you, want to know anything about it, how can people find you on social media? Well, uh, I don't do Facebook because I think it's a pile of shit, to be honest. But, yeah, you can find me on Facebook, yeah, uh, Twitter, rather, easily enough. Uh, my Twitter handle is uh, Lightning Lariat. Uh, you can put it in the video. And if MD wants to add me and ask anything, you know, go right ahead. Excellent. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining me. And uh, hope you've enjoyed enjoy your time. No, no, it's, it's been good. You know, it's the first time doing something like this, but I'd, I've enjoyed it and I'd be interested in doing it again. Excellent. All right. Thank you very much. All right. See you, Billy. Mm-hmm.